This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Now, let me take this opportunity to welcome Dr. Baloy, whom I believe she's on the line. Good evening, Doc. How are you? Uh, good evening. Good evening to the listeners. How are you, Doc? I'm good. And I guess one of the key things that we left out is that for my, my students, we were um, on the Black Economic Empowerment Commission that came out with all these rules. And it's been chaired by our president now. Amen to that. Amen to that, uh, uh, dog. Um, earlier on, I had a conversation with uh, with a colleague um, in a, uh, from Vets at, at, at a while ago who were debating this particular issue around why uh, you know PE is losing traction. In fact, when you look at the stats. Uh, we have regressed significantly from where you're sitting as a person who sat in those kind of committees. Um, you know, how do you account for this disjuncture that we're seeing in practice? You know, I, I think uh, let's go back to why is broad-based black economic empowerment failing. Um, we veered away from what it was supposed to be. Put bluntly, we were supposed to ensure that black businesses become mainstream economy, put bluntly. However, we understood that, um, you know, there had to be tools that will en- enable black business to participate. And if we, we go back onto the roadmap, as soon as we put a, 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 a way forward, we put hurdles in front of them. Just check from so many years ago. Then we had the cause of good practice, and we had all kinds of things that watered down the 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 the, the whole uh, rule around uh, broad-based economic empowerment. There can never be a, a realization of that. As, as long as there is lack of proper funding for black business, we can't have we can't have it. If you say someone has to run a mile, and already someone has run half a mile, and you say the one must start now, how do they complete? You say we have development and uh, institutions like the IDC, and we say black business must come with an idea an opportunity, and you want 10% from them. And I'm talking about reality. A group of engineers recently came to me crying and said, we have put together a proposal to the IDC. They have approved it. It's $100 million. They want us to give 10%. We were all engineers all over. We've uh, aggregated our skills and come the IDC agreed that they could pay back the money within the year. That's how viable the pro- project was. But then you ask for 10%. Where will they get 10 million rand? Just think about it. It's already a headache that says this thing is dead on arrival. We have failed in 25 years to come up with a mechanism within the financial institutions that will say, okay, let the IDC, for instance, take ownership of that 10% so that they don't have to put anything and put strings that are tough for them to perform and make sure 
that they earn that 10%. That way, the project goes on. In this case, it dies. And there are plenty of them that die like that. The second, we already have to, to, uh, to go on with the perception that a, a black business is a risk. So, as I walk through the door, risk is written all over my face. It becomes a problem to assume because you're black, you are a risk, or because you're black, you'll never succeed. Unless it's within their terms. Unless they say, okay, we'll give Dr. Mbele an opportunity to participate on our terms. If Dr. Mbele dare say something against the proposition that we are putting into, in, in place, they will never to conform to a specific way of doing something. We can question, we can say what we really want. If you walk outside, it's like when you are racing a hundred meters and you get out of line and you disqualify. That is the problem. The third thing is lack of real support. I think our government has taken away the biggest lever out of, of, of um, promoting black business. In the past, we used to have what was what were tender boards. The tender boards had this styled around neglect. So you had labor, you had the community, you had government, and you had business sitting on those boards. So most of them were 16 people with a chair having a casting vote. Now, what did we have? We were smart, and then we got rid of the 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 the, the, the I used to say if you had to bribe, you had to bribe all 16. Now, we were hoping that one of the 16 will say no because they came from all walks of life and they were nominated by the general public. Today you have uh, officials from government coming up with with the proposals and putting down the tenders and then adjudicating. There are players and referees. What chance do they have? And Budsasa has proven that we don't have a snowball's chance of ever accessing those opportunities. So unless we redefine and we are clear that we want black business to succeed, we can remove the impediments. They are not great, but there has to be a will, both from government and from the corporate sector, to enable black business. They know what needs to be changed. Thank you very much for that insight, um, Dr. Baloy. But, you know, one of the critical issues that you referred to was the extent to which some of these um, hurdles are self-imposed. For an example, the IDC would ask, would ask for 10%. But here's the question. IDC, obviously, you know, is led by, 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 by black legislators or the rules of engagement at IDC level um, are premised on the, the understanding that in the past, black people could not participate in the mainstream economy. That, then how do we sustain or rep- produce the same kind of policies that are, are, are hindrance. We can't go back and say, look, these, thing, these issues are, are external, in my view. I agree with you. L- let me go back to the, the IDC. I was one of the first ones to sit on that IB, IDC board post-1994. And we insisted on um, 
an empowerment and subcommittee, which I said at that time. And we put together uh, rules and regulations that were going to be enablers. We looked at SME development. We looked at oh, so many of the things that would have made it easier for black business, for small business, to be supported by the IDC. Go look at it for it today. It's all gone. I will tell you an, another problem that bedevils the, the, the institutions that govern business. You have mainly people who are bureaucrats who know they don't know who trade bula like most people have to do to run a business. To wake up in the morning and be faced with with uh, people you have to pay at the end of the month. People who depend on you. Those people are bankers. Those people come mainly from the corporate sector. And I challenge anybody to refute what I'm saying. Most of them have never run a business. They don't know how hard it is. To... They've never taken risks around running a business. So they're the ones who have to be the final arbiter around what can work. I think we have to have a mixture in this institution. Those people who are corporate cats and those people who run businesses together, I mean before, to work together in this institution, that combination will take us out of this conundrum. Unless we do that, we'll be singing the same song from the same sheet in 20 years to come. There will be no change. In fact, will be regressing and going forward uh, backwards. Because if you look at some of the things that we did earlier, the first 10 years of our democracy, most people were enabled to, because we took the rules and regulations seriously. And there was a clear inclusion of views from across the board. Now, unless you are inside government, unless you are part and parcel of the bureaucratic circle within government. You stand no chance. And if I go or anybody who's a business person go and compete, those, it's, a, it's a rule. All those tenders are spoken for before we can. And then somebody will come out and say, people are tenderpreneurs. But if it's big best, who gets all the tenders from, from uh, SAA? They are not a tenderpreneur. Uh, it's only that term only applies to black business. Government is the biggest procurer of goods and services in any country, in any economy. So you cannot dissuade and push out black business from going after those opportunities for fear of being called tender premiers. I think that is wrong, and we need to fight against that view. We need government to support black business through opportunities. We did it before it worked. A lot of millionaires were created through the procurement system. It happens all over the world. We went and studied those things globally. It works. It can work in South Africa if there is a will, if it is applied properly. But this thing of government officials being players and referees, we can't just forget it. 
I, I just want to chip in there, a dog, if you like, and I think you you hit it on a nail uh, when you when you made a point by um, arguing that when you you get a person who has never managed any business entity whatsoever and and occupying a very senior position, the the reference point of that particular individual is completely different from someone who has actually managed the business. But the yeah. question is, um, surely. Uh, that has been an in the, that is that is a limitation which um in the the legislatures or even the board for that matter to review yeah. and ensure that there is some kind of 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 progression or inclusion of technical skills and experience as opposed yeah. to just clinical approach by looking at the sheet and ticking 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 saying yes or no that on its own if we were to address that, surely the extent to which, um, you know, uh, most of the, 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 the submissions can be, in, you know, taken out would likely to be ex- expedited. Your take on that? Yes. But what you end up with, because, and let's call it what it is. Every time you go for a tender, you've got to pay a bribe. You've got to pay a bribe. It is a point. I get black business people coming to me every day and complaining. And we are afraid to speak out. They are afraid to speak out. Well, I'm not afraid to speak out. I really don't care. And, uh, but most people are afraid to speak out because they fear victimization. They will be isolated. They will be marginalized. They, all sorts of things will happen to them. But guess what? As long as we have an, a, 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 a society of people who will not be critical thinkers, who will be made to be afraid to speak out because they'll be called names, they'll be labeled, they'll be accused falsely, like I've been through that, nothing will come right. We should encourage the larger community that's suffering to speak out. It is not a preserve of a few of us to speak out. It is the preserve of all South Africans legitimately to speak out about what is going on. And a lot is going on. We need a whole not tinkering with the tender and procurement processes. We need a total overhaul of the procurement system in this country so that there is more accountability around it. At the moment, we can just forget it. But, but I think the, I think the elephant in the room, dog, is, is gonna be, is there a political will? Now that you, you know, I mean, I'm sure nobody will ever contest your value proposition because you, you're not just talking as an outsider, you're talking uh, from a perspective of someone who presided, who participated and still participate and observe some of these hindrances. From where you're sitting, is there a political will? Because I'm sure that your value proposition or your assessment of the situation um, is being shared by all. Where is the political will? Is there political will? I, like I said, there's no political will uh, and there's also not, no corporate will to really enable black business to access opportunities. I mean, there is none. Every day I get calls from people across this nation complaining about this that is being done for, to them, people who are kicking them out of, of legitimate jobs that they've gotten, and all sorts of things. These, most of these people are young people who could be the future. 
but there are serious against and against them. And they are afraid to speak out. I mean, really, do you want a, a nation of yes people? And who died and said, in South Africa, we fought for democracy so that just a few people had the right to speak and the rest of the people must be mum. That a few people have the right to decide what is good for us. And nobody must criticize it. If you criticize it, you are anti this, you are anti that. Rubbish. I don't subscribe to that. And I won't subscribe to that. I would rather be called a renegade. But I will not accept the fact that people have to be quiet when things are going wrong. We have a lot of businesses that are black and small. And small means not just black, that are, are closing down because the environment is not conducive to them being successful. Fact, I can tell you, unfortunately for us, you and me, there's no old money that I can, we can lean on. We, there is no old money. There is no, no, nobody who will come together and pool resources. We are trying to do that. Pockets of us are trying to do that so that we can change the situation. But it will take time. How? With sons and daughters of people who are old money in this country, who were enabled by the system before, now come us, rules are changed, and how can we succeed? Can we say broad-based economic empowerment can work? It will never, never work if it is not enabled. And I can tell you, before we, you can tell black business to go and access business within the corporate sector, which is hard, government must lead the way in enabling uh, black business to access opportunities from, from government. We did it before. It can be done again. Legitimately, um, with accountability, in a transparent manner. But allow the plaintiffs to be leveled. We do not want a situation like we've seen as outlined by the Fasa. That, to me, is what killed this economy. And if we do not change, if that cannot be a wake-up call for us to change and do things differently, now we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And I insist again, government has to lead the way. Government has to lead the way. And the corporate sector will do that. We have codes of good practice that have got um, measures to punish people who do not accede. Do you want me to shock you? Do you know that companies give money um, for enterprise development? There are four companies in this country. That money that the government, that the companies will kick off and say, oh, we, we, we've done our our, our co uh, corporate citizenry by enterprise developing uh, the, the, the com small com black companies. They take that money to these, these companies who are now the custodians. They are the funders of, of these, these opportunities. They sit on this money. It's four of them, and they are sitting on trillions. There's, there's no way out for black business. When we take two steps forward, then there's a creation of ten steps backward. And, of course, there's this push to shut people who speak out. Unfortunately, some of us can't be shut out. 
and uh, will continue. Why is this allowed in South Africa? That the money that is supposed to develop enterprises is given to a few select companies to be the custodians of that money from the corporation. When we, we put together as the commission enterprise development, this is not what we thought was going to happen, that the money will be given to a few companies to be custodian of this money. And they decide who gets the money, who gets developed. But because the company has given the money to this fund, they are like having done enterprise development. Everything is a joke, I'm telling you. Unfortunately, Dr. Baloy, we're going to have to leave it there. But nonetheless, yeah. thank you very much for your for your insight. And I'm sure, uh, even though line wasn't that great, but I'm sure the listeners have thoroughly uh, enjoyed your thought process. I mean, you're quite frank. You're quite brutally honest. And, and, and these are kind of stuff that we really need. And I really want to employ you for, for, for speaking up, for taking the spear for those that are voiceless. Uh, and once again, man, thank you very much for your time. No, thank you very much. We need to speak out. We need to be honest. If we don't speak about these things, they won't change. Absolutely. There you have it. That was uh, Dr. Uh, Dennis Baloyi giving us his very interesting view as to why Triple B is not moving. Uh, a number of interesting points. But before we wrap up, I'm going to just take a break and come back in a second.